friends. Welcome to another episode of This is Harbor Network. I'm Casey Smith, and today I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with my good friends, Jeff and Kari Patterson, church planners of Renew Church in Oregon City, Oregon. Jeff and Kari talk about their journey to church planting, how they complement one another in ministry, their passion for Renew Church and doing life together as a community, and what led them to Harbor Network after years of waiting and watching. It's a great conversation, so stay with us. Jeff and Kari Patterson, guys, so good to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time now. We're so glad to be here, thanks. Thrilled to be here, friend. I feel like I've seen you a lot recently after having not seen you Mm -hmm. uh, very much over the course of our friendship. I don't know how many years ago it was, Jeff, that I received a phone call three years ago, maybe, from a stranger with a (laughs) Oregon zip code. I answered it. I thought it was going to be something about my car's limited warranty. And it was <laughs> and it was you. And you were asking me questions about then Sojourn Network, now Harbor Network. First time we ever chatted, I remember pacing around the driveway, talking to you for well over an hour. I'm sure mm-hmm. you remember that. Mm-hmm. And that yep. was my first introduction, really, to you. And I left that conversation, and I remember going, man, this guy is a friend and I don't even Mm. know him. I don't even know what he looks like. Mm. He's prayed for me. He Mm. understands me and he listened to me, made a huge impression on me. So Mm. thank you very much for that, man. Mm. Well, you're the one behind the scenes sending out the resource roundup every Friday. And I saw your number. I don't think it's included now, but at that time, and I was (laughs) like, you know what? I'm discouraged or whatever. And I just thought I'm going to call this guy on Friday. And you were starting your church planting journey and moving to literally the start of the Oregon Trail. And we live right here at the end of the Oregon Trail. So, and then you came out twice. So thank you. Thank you for participating in this friendship. Man, it meant so much to me. And I think that's where I want to start in our conversation today is talking to you guys about how you got to where you are as Mm -hmm. Jeff and Kari Patterson leading Renewed Church in Oregon City, Oregon. And when I think of what it takes to be a church leader, I'm drawn to the image of an author, theologian, Marva Dawn. And she gives this image of a symphony conductor about the role of a leader in God's church. It's like a symphony conductor. There are those that bring out the best of those who are gathered to produce something beautiful in concert with one another. And the conductor knows that their work's not going to be anything if it isn't for the instrumentalists that have Mm -hmm. given their lives to hone their craft. And when I think of what you guys are doing together, and I've seen it fleshed out in person, it's just a very true picture of that orchestra Mm -hmm. conductor. And so can you bring us up to how you guys got to do ministry together, what Mm -hmm. the calling was like for you to plant Renew Church, and what it was like for you as a husband and wife to work through that together? Yeah, God sort of plopped us together. We both went to Oregon State University and it just kind of turned out that the pastor of the ministry we were working with invited two students to come on staff with him at that church. And those two students were us. So our lives became pretty parallel and 
We both realized that we had both separately felt called to full-time vocational ministry, if you will. And so we kind of were just running the same race and turned to the side and went, oh, we should do this together. You know, like that's the gist of it. And we've had a lot of twists and turns in ministry. I mean, I think, you know, anybody who's been at it in length of time has had that. We both felt called to seminary. So we both went to seminary, working full time, had some kids, living off our savings. We some, entered seminary, <laughs> very... two income, no kids, a dink, right? That's the acronym. And we left seminary, two kids, no income. And actually, <laughs> I hadn't finished. So she had given birth to two children while pursuing this degree. But we were working and still obviously that call, but it was just shepherding people along the way, but doing it as a team. Right when you're young, you don't know what you're doing, but doing it together has been. Yeah, the and best when we're joy. old, we still don't know what we're doing. But <laughs> yeah, the church plant we had sensed for a while that maybe church planting was part of our DNA. I think for a few reasons. One of which is I feel like neither one of us is super spectacular at any one thing, but we can kind of just plod. Like we just show up. So that's our superpower. <laughs> like we can just show up day after day. So we kind of thought maybe church planting would be in our future together. And just the way God, you know, long story, but God ordained some circumstances in 2012 that we moved to a new city and began that church plant adventure. So nine years ago. So that's a little bit, you know, twists and turns, but we kind of have been in it together. We've done youth ministry and we've done seniors ministry. I was the seniors yeah. <laughs> pastor, not the senior pastor, Devin guy, but the seniors pastor and the middle school and high school community. We need you to start a college group, but we also want it to be young adults, but they need to have their own thing. Uh, we need community groups going and we need a culture of discipleship. That really was the genesis of Renew Church, right? Mm. Two years in advance. I didn't even think of it that way, but it was like, no, a culture of discipleship across all of these ages, but we were in it, right? Yeah. I was part of women's ministry, mostly to be with the kids, as Kari would do that as well. But we have just been a team. On the surface, this idea of being a team may not seem revolutionary. But as Jeff and Kari fleshed out the various ways they complement one another, it became evident that God had brought them together in life and ministry as true helpmates, working for one another using their unique personalities and giftings. Kari and I are similar in like, we go in the same direction. Sometimes we go the same pace. I'm kind of a variable pace guy, but you know, we're united as we go together. So we're one, but we're so different. The way that we process situations and decisions, the instruments we play, if we use that analogy, but even how we hear the Lord and mm -hmm. respond, mm -hmm. Yeah, one illustration that we use all the time is the sail and the anchor. And in our relationship, I'm sort of the sail and he's the anchor. And you need both, right? So I tend to move quick. So I tend to, if I hear something or I think this is what we're supposed to do, I'm ready. And part of that is because I internally process for a long time. So I'll be chewing on something for a long time internally, not say anything. So by the time the words come out of my mouth, like I'm ready to move. And so for Jeff, that feels like, whoa, you know, hold on. But it's a good partnership because we need both. So I would tend to speed ahead probably pretty quickly and I'm more future oriented. So I'm always thinking 
future. And we joked, we used to have a dry erase calendar. So like a calendar on the wall that had a dry erase. And I would erase each day as it passed. Like I'm always putting in new dates. And I would rewrite yeah. on the old <laughs> dates in permanent pen because I want to make sure that we do not forget <laughs> yeah. the Lord's kindness with us. Which is good. Jeff's very past-oriented. Mm. So he loves history. He loves church history. He loves to think about the past. What can we learn from the past? So compliment-wise, even though it can be a struggle for us, would you mm-hmm, say? Mm-hmm. Because I tend to be wanting to move forward and he's lingering more in maybe the past or what we've learned. It is a good mix because we're more maybe attuned to where a varied congregation is coming from. And I've re- been really blessed by Jeff's pace. And Jeff has a just a real gift at having a pulse on the congregation and knowing, you know, they're not going to be ready for that right now. They're going to need to move slower. So I see that. Yeah. It might not, yeah. We might not be able to do that thing in 30 minutes, but we could do it in 30 days, which is kind of my processing time. 30, 30 years. <laughs> but that's kind of my processing pace. Like she's ready to go, but she's given me an invitation to get uncomfortable. And I'm giving her an invitation to like, let's let's remain in this and let's think it through. And obviously, I see the reason I'm slow is that I see all the dangers ahead. Mm. (laughs) Like those are troubled waters. We don't want to go there just yet. But the faith and the risk taking, complementing one another, we've not shipwrecked. So Mm -hmm. praise God. Yeah. Man, that's an excellent answer. The tension is where the music gets made. Mm -hmm. If there's no tension, there's no music. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. You guys have been doing ministry together, sounds like more or less for 20 years. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, that's incredible. I think when I think of the Marva Dawn imagery of an orchestra conductor, and you've already brought out a little bit, you think that you're perhaps not first chair instrument at any one Uh role in the church, but the conductor isn't seen as that either. The conductor is kind of the one that is really equipping and pulling the best out of the first chair and the second chair and the woodwinds and the brass. And Don has this quote uh, that I think really does represent what I've experienced from you and from Renew Church in my time with them. And she says, God's kingdom reclaims us, revitalizes us, renews us, and thus reigns through us before others on behalf of others, sometimes in spite of others, and always with others. Mm-hmm. When I think of you guys and my experience with you at your church, you are always with others. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're always on behalf of others. You live your life like that. Like you l- literally live mm-hmm. with others. And you, ha- you have folks always living with you. You have folks living so around you. You have so many people in your home. And I think it's just a beautiful example of what God's kingdom is doing in the church. You live it right out there in your home. How did that happen? What's that mm-hmm. look like? And what's that meant for you guys? Yeah. Okay. A little bit of even, and maybe this matters, you know, a little bit of the church plant adventure actually started two years before. And we read the book, The Hole in Our Gospel by Richard Stearns of World Vision. And we're just wrecked by it in terms of really being challenged about the way that we live. And, you know, our lives were very churchy, but we recognized the same motivations in our hearts as the world, right? We still were looking for comfort. We're still looking for success. We're still looking for control and then similar things, but we're just doing it in a church I was context. thirsty for approval. Like, we just kind of yeah. recognize, yeah. man, 
So long story short, we just built our dream house anyway, but we sold our dream house and moved into this little dump, (laughs) truly. And we're like, we want to live different. We want to give away half of our income. And in that, I met this precious woman, older woman in her 60s, and she was alone and asked if she could live with us. And we were like... Mm. Okay, you Why know, not? I mean, yeah, all right, sure. we kind of had this like mother-in-law suite kind of thing. And so she moved in and that was just, <laughs> that's that was it. I mean, that was in 2011. And so we moved, she moved with us. And then it kind of began this thing when we met another woman who was homeless and coming off of drugs and her child was being abused. So we entered into that situation. Mm-hmm. She moved in with us, man. And then it went as planned, <laughs> just like in the movies where you'd have like yeah. that tense 45 second conversation, the climax, and it's just like it fixes everything. You can move on. No, <laughs> it was you mentioned Marva Don, like the hilarity of community I have here mm. on the shelf. Like, this is what this is. This is the hilarity of community. Like, there's joy in it, but also there's some sorrow and there's a lot of hardship. And so, part of it was reparenting people, but part of it was us being parented by our father saying, You need to give of yourself. Hospitality isn't like a Tuesday night. You welcome people over and you give them, a, you know, all the treats on the counter. That's entertaining. Like hospitality is like you're loving the strange person and they're in your home and it challenges you. And we grew to love people, not just the idea of people. Like I mm-hmm. loved people to have, you know, relationship with my ideas. I loved that people, you know, would praise me for I would give good instruction or walk with them through pain. But realizing that like just loving people at their pace and in our place was the sweet sauce. And so that was the beginning of, well, more and more of more and more of this. For context, the book being referenced is Marva Dawn's Hilarity of Community. And in many ways, what they are describing is exactly that. There's beauty, joy, laughter, and even an unexpected renewal that happens amidst the pain and brokenness of orienting our lives toward others. But this has all taken a hit over the past 18 months. At the time of this recording, July 2021, Jeff and Kari have not only had to weather the storm of leading a church through a pandemic and cultural and political unrest, but they welcomed a baby into the world as well. Yet in the midst of these disruptions, they still experienced gospel renewal as a church, even though the fruit was not as obvious. You know, I think everybody that I've talked to has said, you know, as they're talking through different things that went on this year, I feel like we all kind of give the disclaimer, it's not just COVID, you know? And that's what's interesting is I feel like every person I talk to, we have this shared experience of something really, really difficult. And we're all kind of prefacing it with, you know, it's not just COVID because it's not. Of course that happened, but there were so many things going on all at once that just felt dizzying, you know, and we had a baby as well um, (laughs) at 40 and and 42. Uh, Yeah, he was due on election day. Oh, wow. I was born on election day, 1984, Ronald Reagan. You were? Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Well, it felt, it kind of felt like a bad joke, but I do think just a few things in terms of fruit, it forced us to really seek God and not just try to please people. 
you know, I say that it sounds cliche, kind of pat answer, but that's a painful process, yeah. you know, for all of us that love people and, you know, we want to be one and we want to be teammates. And then you walk through things where you go, man, oh, okay, like, I feel really alone and you feel really alone. But the good is it did force us. I mean, we've said to each other, you know, we've prayed more this year than we have ever before. We fasted way more this year than we ever have before. So I have to believe that that's good and that's fruit, even though we're still kind of struggling through it. So, But like you said, there is a hope there. And with a name like Renew Church, it's obvious. And I love that name, by the way. I think there's something that is just living and active about the idea that God is always renewing his church, which we know that he is, of course. And so in what ways has God been renewing Mm -hmm. Renew Church there Mm -hmm. in Oregon City over the last year and a half? He has renewed, as Kari said, like Christ is first. And because Christ is first, we have him in common. So because Jesus welcomed us, we can welcome one another to the glory of Christ. And so when he's first and foremost, not just community, we want everyone to experience community, friendship, joy, walk with you along life's sorrows, which are inevitable. We want you to experience renewal as a lifestyle. But what that means, first and foremost, is I cannot get from you something that can only come from the Lord himself. And so Jesus has stood with us and walked with us and has renewed us as people in his image. And then because of that, now we're coming together like, okay, this is the main thing. And all these other things that I thought were important have been unsettled and they're dissipating. Hmm. Yeah. I think kind of a specific thing that comes to mind is seeing people do hard things. And I feel like this year has been 10,000 hard conversations, Mm -hmm. but you see fruit from those when people are willing to do hard things. I mean, that makes it all worth it. I mean, to me, I've told the Lord a hundred times, if you just keep giving me little glimpses of people being willing to go the second mile or love each other or lay down their rights, it's totally worth it. So I see, I think primarily, I just, I see God renewing people and being willing to suffer and being willing to lay down their lives, being willing to partner with people that think differently than them, and it's it's exciting and like you know like you said a lot of those things you can't share but they're there so we just quietly celebrate them and try to stay the course yeah these are evidences of grace <laughs> yeah. and when you have opportunities and, and specifically you share them with those people like this is how we see you growing right mm-hmm. earlier i needed to admonish you because you were idle or unruly right? But now I see that you're faint-hearted, and so I'm going to encourage you. And then it's like, no, but when things are hard, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to have those hard conversations with people. And hopefully not everyone is idle or unruly, but there's a few, and you need to not talk about them, but to them. And as Gary said, one conversation, a million of them, but each conversation leads to the next, and we're on this path with people. Not only has God been gracious to provide renewal for the congregation corporately through this season, God has surprised them with personal growth and renewal as well. While I've been a competent preacher and have learned how to preach the last, you know, nine years, and I think I maybe over relied on just preaching the sermons, 
Mm. and under-realizing like attentiveness is Mm. in part. And so I always wanted to be a pastor who listened to people. And I thought I was attentive, but then realized in times of COVID, like you're scattered and you're confused and people have different views. They need attentiveness. And many just wanted that one-on-one attentiveness. And so you got to sometimes say, I can't give you all of that because I need to give that to my wife and there's other people, but bring people into community so that they can have the attentiveness of Christ. Like he's attentive to our needs. We have union with Christ, but also we have communion with Christ with one another. So more than solving the world's problems with my sermons, which I hope the word does, right? Solves people's problems with the word of Christ. It sees our savior, but it's also embracing, embodying community together that's renewing because of basically just attentiveness. Hmm. Yeah, I think we've changed. I've seen you change in just being willing to listen. I feel like we spend a lot of this last year just listening. And as Jeff mentioned, we kind (laughs) of, this probably sounds terrible, we kind of have this joke that it seems like like the higher pastors get in terms of influence, the less they listen to people, which is really sad. So we've kind of always said like, oh, Lord, like help us be people who listen. And this year has given us a lot of opportunities for listening and seeking to understand. I've seen you grow in that a lot. I would say personally, like it's been really hard, but really good for our marriage. Like we've had some hard moments in the last 18 months. We, you know, we had a baby, we mentioned that. We had car breakdown. We just had so many things over here in the Pacific Northwest. We had these wildfires. My mom almost died. Then we had the ice storms. We had no power for eight days. I mean, it just was this bizarre. We're both going through pain. We're both feeling probably afraid. We're both feeling the stress. We added another baby. And so marriage-wise has been hard a really hard year, but I feel like we've come through it better. I feel like we know each other better. We're more on the same team. So just, you know, in terms of growth, I feel like it's just your roots go down deeper, right? I mean, in the drought, that's what trees do. So thankfully, I feel like maybe our roots went down deeper. Ultimately, this is why Harbor Network exists, to help pastors and church leaders find the necessary safety and support needed to lead thriving churches that participate together in Christ's mission to renew all things. For Jeff and Kari, this meant coming to the realization that they had been isolated in ministry, going alone, with little relational support, and with no fuel for the journey ahead. Well, the name Harbor really is helpful, right? Because like, we're not on a yacht where there's all this ministry happening, right? We're not in a speedboat where you can just hit it. We're not rowing by ourselves, but like we're sailing, right? But we need to like go get more supplies and go find others who are going on the same journey. And so as we come to port, we come to the harbor and we rest and renew. I realized we didn't have really anyone We're giving out, obviously, within our church, within our home, but we're giving out to other people and just go, go, go and realizing like we need some who are like-minded, not just friends nearby, but also like-minded. And so having read all of the stuff, I'm an information hoarder, uh, read all of the stuff for 15 years, truly, and 10 years with the network. 
realized like I need to not just take from, but we actually might have something to give. And part of that is in friendship. And so being way out here in the West, I bet let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think similarly, the thing that came to mind was just thinking through really the key part of being part of a network, a relational network, is just the care of your soul. And you can get resources anywhere. You know, you can read books and you can watch sermons and whatnot. But relationships are what can take us from hopelessness to courage. And really what we need is to tend our souls, you know, and how many people start out well in ministry and they don't finish well, right? Because of sin or just burnout or whatever it is. And so I think just even if anybody listening, contemplating, connecting to something bigger than yourself, I think I would just say, do it for the life of your soul. Because no matter, you know, how your church grows or doesn't grow or, you know, looks great or doesn't look great, like if we can just stay the course until our dying breath, then that's success. And so we can't do that alone. I mean, to think that we can do it on our own, I think we're just kind of sitting ducks for the enemy. So I just encourage anybody listening, relationally, we need each other. And I love the Harbor Network's emphasis on the whole person, not just ministry, but I love that. So, yeah. Mm. Again, that's a sweet image. I think it brings me back to sort of the orchestra image at the beginning, that we need one another. We need the whole thing. Working in concert to bring out those beautiful harmonies in every local church, of course, but in our network as well mm-hmm. across the country, see men and women serving and, and leaning into one another when we're not strong. So again, super thankful for you guys and your time. Love you to death. You're such a blessing to our network. It was a real treat to get to spend some time with you. Thanks for having us. It's good to see you, friend. Thanks, Jeff and Kari, for sharing your story with us. It's a beautiful example and reminder of how we join with the Holy Spirit and one another in the work of personal, social, and cultural renewal. As we seek to walk in the reality that God is making all things new, we participate in this work by seeking the good of the communities where He has placed us. Because as 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. All right, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to our show and giving us a rating and review in iTunes. If you have feedback, please email us at podcast at harbornetwork.com. We would love to hear from you. This is Harbor Network is a production of Owens Productions. It's produced by me and Mark Owens. It's hosted by Ronnie Martin and me. It's edited and mixed by Mark Owens. And our music is by Mark Wallach and Aiden Blackbird. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.